Hello and welcome to Misrepresented, the podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and my co-host. It's your girl, True. Welcome back to another episode. It's been a while since our last episode, but we're back. Um, and we have an exciting episode for you today. Um, I, I do have a couple of headlines that I want to get into. Um, some of them are political. Um, and of course, another mass shooting. Um, I said mass shooting. Another school shooting. Luckily, it wasn't a mass shooting. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Are we going to talk about what I think we're going to talk about? We might. Well, let's find out. <laughs> um, so let's start with the politics. So when it comes to uh, the speakers of the House or the Speaker of the House, um, they finally decided to go with um, Mr. Kevin McCarthy. Um, and they've been, you know, going back and forth with the vote for a while now. Um, and me, I don't really get too much into politics, Speaker of the House, all of that stuff doesn't really matter to me. Um, but they finally made a decision. We have a Speaker of the House, the Majority Speaker, who was a Republican by the name of Kevin McCarthy. And then I guess the min Minority Speaker of the House, who is uh, Hakeem Jeffries. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with him. No, but his name sounds real black. And he is. And he is historically. <laughs> I'm tired of these historically historically first black, you know? It's getting a little played out. Um, he is the first black uh, lawmaker to lead a party in Congress. Wow, that's sad. Um, yeah, so that's, that's enough politics for me. I don't really care to get into detail with that. Because I really don't think, I feel like Nancy was a very interesting speaker of the house. That lady, she said some wild things. So I'm interested to see. <laughs> I noticed that a lot of the house are grandfathered in. A lot of them are old. Like, really, really, really just been here for a while. Like, when you're born in the 30s, in the 40s, and you still just making laws I'm like, how do you keep up with the time it seemed like you just make laws and go home like what do you you know like it's just weird to me that there isn't more diversity when it comes to lawmakers and how is it that somebody can be so grandfathered in and choose the future when i think they should have more youth and <laughs> not gonna be in that future right. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't want to say it like that, but they finna be gone very soon. They, well, you know, and I'm like, how are these people? Like, some of these people are are really, really old, and I just make it make sense, you know. Well, I don't know if this is any consolation, but um, Hakeem is only, I think, fifty one, fifty two. He's younger. Okay. Younger, yeah. Let's see. I still think we need more diversity, like. And Kevin is only fifty seven. Um, well, not only. I still feel like that's... 57 is pretty dang close to 60, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not retirement age. Yeah, but he's over the hill. <laughs> he's over the hill. So, um... But yeah, I hear you on that. Yeah, we, we need more diversity. And, um, it shouldn't be like a... Uh, I feel like it's like a brick wall between society and lawmakers. And there's no 
uh, bridge between the gap. And it seems like, like I'm trying to find the right word for it, but because of the lack of the bridge, it seems almost like untouchable or like not very much involvement as it should be to make the best decisions for the country. And I think that's the reason why, you know, so much time has gone by since, you know, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., but yet so little has changed. And I think that's the reason why. It's like these people are like grandfathered in, and we need to change that. And I think once we change that, maybe some real change will actually happen. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, we've grown so much as a country. No, we have not. We have not. So, working on my Yay. <laughs> I, I really honestly don't think what oh, that that's part of the issue. Um, but the real issue is that um, America as a country does not have the the ideals, the American dream. However, America as a country, any country that runs on capitalism. It's, it's not going to be anything but a dream when it comes to power to the people. It's really an illusion. It's all smoke and mirrors. Um, and that's just my opinion when it comes to politics and lawmaking to an extent. Some of it is, well, most of it is just, like I said, a show. Because when you think about what happened in and you know during the civil rights movement and you know all the laws that um told um you know caucasians that they could no longer be racist in effect they were written down but the people who have been in power have been in power so long that they have created so many loopholes that putting people in those positions does not change the power it yeah, the system completely has to change in order for it. So it doesn't matter how old the people in office are, how young they are, the people who are in power are in power because they've created a system that works the way they intended it to. If that makes sense. And it's not going to change and it's not going to be to the benefit of anyone else as long as the system exists the way it exists. But if lawmakers are the ones that are helping to perpetuate the system and having them be grandfathered in, how is that going to help? It doesn't, it doesn't help. So to your point, if younger people were in, sure, but the system was created the way it was created. You know, the reason it took so long to get McCarthy in was the reason that system was made that way. And so many concessions were having to be made in order to get him in on, you know, for the Republicans, all of this kind of pleasing, people pleasing. It's a checks and balance system that makes sure things don't really change, if that makes sense. I'm well aware. So no matter who is in that office, which is what I always continue to say, it doesn't matter who is in that place of power, the system has to go completely. Yeah. All right, we're moving away from politics. Away, away. 
and on to a reoccurring theme in the United States, shootings, particularly at schools. So I believe this was on, was it Friday, yesterday, um, at a, I believe, an elementary school in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Where they want to keep their gun laws. Okay. <laughs> a teacher was shot by a student six years old right? six years old mm-hmm. um as of now the teacher i believe is showing signs of improvement but still in critical condition. right still in critical condition mm-hmm. and there's not much detail obviously because it's a six-year-old child um <laughs> i heard that it was intentional And right now, the police are scrambling to determine how that six-year-old came into possession. Firearm, which then entered an elementary school, and shot just a teacher. Not, you know, schoolmates or anything. It was, the teacher was the target, the intended target. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of assumptions that can be made there. Um... But I'm I'm interested to see what comes to light, um, what motive this child had. Um, yeah, I mean, all around it's just a sad situation. The fact that that kid even had access to a gun, wanted to use it in the first place, decided to get it, take it to school. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that there is several questions that arise. When I heard about the incident, I was just like, this is insane. Um, and it, the world just seems to get crazier and crazier because you hear about suicides of children. And now you're hearing about children taking guns to school and shooting their teachers. And um, it's, it's kind of just like, at what point will we get it, right? At what point will it register on people's minds that maybe we need to do a little bit more with gun control than we have been doing, as opposed to, I need to maintain my weapon so that I could just kill people and get away with it. Because ultimately, that's what it is, what it all crumbles down to. Oh, I need to protect myself. I need to protect... The only person, the only people who need to be protected are people from you, you know? Y'all's the ones that's out here acting a plum donkey nut fool. So... At what point are we going to say, hey, this is enough? Other countries is looking at us, and now we are, you know, the joke. Because where else is this happening like this? I remember when Columbine, you know, happened. It was something that was so foreign and alien that someone could formulate a thought to go to school and shoot up fellow students. That was so inconceivable at that time. And now it's common. When is enough going to be enough? Yeah. This might be a little bit controversial, but I'm not against gun rights per se. That's why I said gun control. Right. 
Um, and when it comes to gun control, I feel like even that has been so hard and that doesn't even make sense in my mind. Like what is so hard to comprehend about, you know, making it not even harder, but more reasonable for people to get access to weapons. Like people are getting access to these weapons of mass destruction legally and easily and and arguably doing just as much harm as the people who are getting access to guns illegally. And I think me personally, with the amount of school shootings that have been happening, me personally, I think that parents should be charged. I was about to ask you. Parents should definitely be be charged. And I think that would be, I think, something that would make people more catalyst to make them be more aware of what they can more aware more responsible because there's no reason that a child at six year old at six years old should be able to access a gun that easy and leave your house with it hop into your car or walk down the street or whatever it is that happened right do we even know if this was a legal firearm we don't know anything yet, but either way, I feel like fines on just in general, wherever that gun was purchased, find the shop, period. Don't matter. Because I feel like more people should just be liable. When there's more liability and responsibility, there's more accountability. People will be more responsible. And cautious. And cautious, yeah. You know what? That's not a terrible idea. Lawmakers, are you listening? But, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Moving along. Um, this is some pretty dark topics. I don't know if you heard about, um, Damar Hamlin, football player. I actually watched. Okay, so, long story short, I was watching TV. And something flashed across my screen. I don't remember exactly how I ended up getting up to the story, but I ended up going into the room where my dad was and the game was on. And um, he was trying to figure out what had happened. And I had located the video and um, shared it with both him and my little sister. And all I'm gonna say is I was shocked. Like immediately when I saw it, I was like, he's dead. Like. This man got hit in his chest, stood up like a normal human being, and then fell back to his death. You could tell he literally died in that moment. And they resuscitated him, and he died again. He went to the hospital, and I heard that he died twice, that there was two deaths. And I don't know if it was besides the initial death of him dying on the field and then being brought back and having like this heart condition that he never knew about. And his mother being there, his brother, his uncle, and that just being something that really shook up a lot of people. Yeah, that was, that was, I was, I saw it uh, unfold the day of, Mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so from what I'm seeing, I believe 
is that at this point in time, um, he's breathing on his own, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I want to say this. Um, that the NFL need to get it together or what? I'm I'm really not a fan of football in general the only reason the only time i usually watch is the super bowl and that's for the halftime performance and the commercials and the food and yeah getting together and eating (laughs) the celebration of it um i i'm very concerned um because luckily he did survive and i'm thinking what does the future look like for him um he needs to quit no questions asked. Is even yeah, is is even going back a possibility for him, and that's kind of scary. Kinda. Um, this is a rare occurrence. I think it's only happened like six times. I don't know how many people actually did die and not live, um, or come back to life, but just the the reality that this sport is very dangerous. But you and also have to take into account it is very dangerous and it continues to be dangerous when it comes to concussions and how the NFL works and just how quickly and willing they are to just cut you off when you don't perform, right? It's it's uh it's it's brutal in the NFL street, right? But the thing that was so interesting about him is that he did have an unknown heart condition that when he was hit in his chest, he was hit at just the right speed. While his heart was beating at just the right rhythm for it to hit him and shock him to death right so like literally so american football is so um important it's important to american that they are willing to, and I want you to note that primarily the people playing are of what skin tone? Dark black. They're black, right? Mm-hmm. And they're expendable. Because if you ever read, um, his name is Emmanuel Acho, illogical, he talks about just how expendable he was within his career and just how brutal the NFL is, and I'm sure it wasn't his intention intention to 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 say like the NFL was brutal, but that was my takeaway of oh they can call you at any moment, the moment that you were injured injured and you go into surgery, depending on how quickly you can recover is dependent upon whether or not you stay on their roster. And he just so happened to have an injury that would take a little bit longer to heal. That the moment that he got out the hospital, he got a call, come come to the, uh, you know, the place. He came to the place. They gave him a black garbage bag for him to pack his stuff and leave. No one hears about that, right? So not only are you endangering yourself, getting these concussions that are life-altering, and a lot of people are under the belief that, oh, well, the NFL has made... You know, because I was having this conversation with a friend and they were like, well, you know, the NFL has made strides and it's a lot better than what it used to be. Statistically, it is not. It is not better than what it used to be. It is still tragic. It is still harmful. 
it is not that much of a difference. People are still getting irreversible damage. And people need to be aware of that, that that is, there's still issues here that we are not fixing. And my biggest concern, you know, being a black American is I'm like, is it just because like predominantly the people playing are black? Is it, does that, is that another form of our lives not mattering? That's why, you know, Colin Kaepernick, what's his name? Colin Kaepernick, how do you pronounce his last name? I don't want to butcher his name. But the reason why he got so much flack and was quickly reminded when he decided to kneel. So we got to do better. And the NFL needs to do better. This is like um, the guy that hit him was getting death threats. Um, there were some people who felt like, some Caucasians who felt like the game should have continued despite the fact that, you know, there were injuries and people were emotional. You could clearly see that the players were emotional about what had taken place. Um, it was crazy. And then there was another story prior to that where an NFL player had got a concussion and he was struggling to get into position. So his uh, fellow football player basically stopped the game and was like, y'all need to get him off the field because he can't even get into position. Come to find out he had a concussion. I I feel like it comes back to a very <laughs> reoccurring conversation that industries like this exploit black bodies and Black bodies are the main bodies that are expendable in the situation. Absolutely. Um, and we continue to involve ourselves. We continue to be a part of it um, because, oh, it's not that bad. And look at the benefits we do actually get from it. Um, and I feel like in the Black community, we're only, we're only offered I wouldn't say offered. We have about three options that are the main options for us. And the first one is you get famous either by, you know, entertainment, you know, or by sports. And the third option is the military. And those are the three options that are marketed to us. And they are, in my opinion, some of the worst options because... We're being exploited in all three of them. We're being exploited, period. <laughs> in all, and it's a lot of exploitation. Yeah. And we think that for some reason that getting money or getting a lot of money is somehow the solution with, let's just say you, you, were, in, you were in any sport or you were in, in the industry where you were making a certain amount of money and at some point you were not valuable, what do you do now? For a lot of people, there is no pivot because you went straight from college ball to pro ball. You never got a degree. You didn't invest your money well. You were so focused on you know spending that money, showing people that you got it, doing all of this, being exploited that, you know, when the fame is gone, when the money is gone, still need them. Right, you have no options. Out of options, 
And that's my biggest. And I feel like the NBA did do some type of, you know, they did run an ad that I was very kind of proud of. And they were saying that, you know, I think LeBron was like the main person. We don't need more me's. And he was kind of like, you know, showing that, you know, there's options in tech, there's options in all these other industries. Um, but we're still chasing after fame, fame and fortune and notoriety. Like, we don't need more rappers. <laughs> we don't. But that's the get rich. It's like winning the lottery. And it's so sad because I feel like as, as a Black person, that's the only way that we're taught that it's out, that that's the only way out is to be famous, to become the movie star. And, and the reason why I got so quiet is because obviously I'm like, maybe I'm guilty of that too, of thinking that, you know, the only way I can be rich, the only way I can figure it out, the only way I can, you know, make things happen is if I make it as a movie star or, you know, so it's because that's what we see. We see that and we hear that every day. And everything else just seems hard. That seems easy, right? Well, if I work a little hard enough and, and I make it into the NBA, well then them checks that, that they're gonna be easy. But it's really not, nothing comes easily. No matter how you pitch it, thinking, oh, I wanna be a movie star. A lot of people don't realize what movie stars go through when they're on sets for hours on end in weird conditions, like weather conditions, having to learn lines sometimes moments before you shoot. And they're exploited too. And a lot of times people don't realize that. They think, oh, the big movie star, that's what I thought. Guess who's controlling the movie star? The producers. So my question is, and we're gonna get into the Nepo, the Nepo baby conversation. This is a great segue. But I wanna ask uh, just a quick question. Mm -hmm. Do you think stars on the caliber of Will Smith are still in that category of easily exploited? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and that's what people fail to realize is it doesn't matter how big of a star you are, you're still expendable and you're still exploitable. And people will use you to make money. Okay, so into the, the the Nepo baby, or I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, nepotism. Um, so there's been a lot of conversation about how um, people in the industry, um, their kids are in the industry, and it's just kind of a a passed on thing. And I feel like that's what we we lack as um, as black people. Um, a lot of the times we have the get rich scheme in our mind, um, but there aren't a lot of Nepo black families. When we think of Tom Hanks and we think of Will Smith, we think of all of these people who are, you know, in these positions who just automatically their kids have access to these things as well, just because of who their parents are. Um, and if you go back to, you know, the beginning of, of Hollywood and all of these people who have been around forever, we have to think of when they got in, they didn't just start there. Someone, and a lot of the people, you got to pay to play mostly in, in Hollywood. You have to pay to play. And so the, the rising stars, I think, is a new thing with the uh, the advent of the internet for you to just like that become famous um 
and your stardom is not really cemented until you can pay to play. Um, and for a lot of Nepo, Nepo babies, it's been a generational thing of we can pay to play and it's going to continue to be that way, which is why I don't look down on them. But we also have to understand that for a lot of them, it's a generational wealth thing and it's a generational access thing. And so the reason for a lot of black people we're excluded is because we don't have the generational wealth that gives us generational access to these places. And for a lot of us, I feel like our focus is on getting rich for us. And we're not thinking of, if, if I build enough wealth now for my kids to have access. Because a lot of us are thinking, I feel like it's not, we're, not that, we're not that far ahead. And I think that's something that we lost in slavery times. Like if people didn't jump off the ship, a lot of them did because they said, fuck this shit. But a lot of them said, I have something to live for. And it's a future for someone else. And I think we've lost that as far as black people. Like, okay, I'm not going to be rich and famous. I'm not going to. But I can build enough wealth to have something I can pass on to my children. And I think for black people in America, we don't have that. And I think a lot of uh, other black communities um, that come here, that's the reason they're coming here. I have to build something for my kids. I know I'm not gonna, I might not be the, the rich and wealthy one, but I can build something that I can pass down right. that my kids can have to kind of get a snowball effect. But if black people weren't trying to keep up with the Jones, right? They would have more access and they would be able to save more money, right? If you stop buying Balenciaga when you're not rich, when you stop buying Louis Vuitton when you're not rich, all that money you can invest back into yourself to invest into your future, to invest into your potential children's future. We get caught up, right? And how we look because we are the ones that create, that are creating the look. I will say that the culture of a lot of things that happen today happen because of black people. However, we aren't putting that into black pockets, right? Put your money where your mouth is. That's how I feel. So a lot of us aren't really moving forward, too, because we're wasting our money on things that we shouldn't be wasting our money on. Bill Gates ain't up, up in here wearing no Balenciaga. He really ain't. He got him a little, you know, cheap little T-shirt on with some, with some regular old pants and some slacks and some regular <laughs> shoes, you know? You're wearing Goodfellow from Target. Yeah. but how many houses does he own? Right? How much property is, is he invested in? Once you get to where you should be or want to be, then you worry about those things of how you have money that you can expend on how you want to look. But as of right now, because we have so many of these rappers, and I know that that is intentional, what whiteness is doing to us to control the narrative in so many aspects of, oh, well, this is how you should look and you cool and you have all these Nikes that you're spending literally $200 on some damn shoes. Some damn shoes. And I was on TikTok the other day and all of this rain flooded this man's house out and he had all them 200 damn dollar shoes that were ruined, right? All that's money, bro. All of that is money. 
money that can you, you even insure else. those can you insure no, those shoes? that's what i'm saying no you <laughs> just cannot. dumb for no reason is, you know and i literally was talking to um my little sister about this not too long ago where i literally said i'm gonna start making my own clothes because the amount of stuff that we spend on the material i could just make my own stuff and wear the type of colors that i want to wear and it not be name brand and it'd be way cheaper than spending stupid money on nike on adidas these aren't even black companies and black people are like sporting this like it's the next best thing we gotta do better we gotta do better we gotta be smarter with our money we gotta learn self-control so that we can get out of the system of oppression we need to start doing research getting books because they always said that if you don't want a black person to know something put it in a book get those books y'all figure out the secrets save your money invest learn the stock market if, if that if you just want to throw away shit learn the stock market learn how to invest in the right types of businesses right or just save money and invest in a, a distressed business and make that your own my whole thing is the only way that we are going to get out of this is to be smarter to be more strategic and to stop being played right now we are getting played and as long as we are Pinocchios to the whiteness story, we gonna stay where we at. We are too brilliant of a people for this, I'm telling you. Slavery did more harm than it did good, but we're not in slavery anymore. We do not have to be enslaved in our mentalities anymore. We do not need to further someone else's wealth and riches anymore. We don't have to do it. It's just a simple decision of what you're going to invest your money in. I'm done. <laughs> that was a lot. I had to say it. I had to say it because I'm just like, we gotta do better, because we can. I believe that we can. I believe so much in black people. I really do. We have the intelligence. We have the capability. We need to start investing back into our school systems. Uh huh. We do. We need to stop running and being afraid of being in the uh, law enforcement space because they're the ones that's created. We need to get busy. We need to get to work. We need to start. Stop talking. Start moving and move silently. What happened to back in the days and during those Martin Luther King days where they used to have those meetings? And they used to scare the white people when we would get together like that. You want to know why? Because great conversations came out of that. People start having that group think of we need to get out of this. And guess what? It moved in such a powerful way. We're not doing that today. We're not. The Black Panther Party <laughs> was targeted by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Why? Because they recognized that it was a force to be reckoned with. Ooh. They, and you know what? And I hate to say it, it was some Negroes that they paid a lot of money to turn against their own people, mm -hmm. to destroy their own people. And it's just, uh. What? They were exploited? What was that? They were exploited. Oh. And, I, and I wonder if. That money they got built any generational wealth. If that's still, you want to know where it went back? It went right back into the whiteness. Right. Mm -hmm, I'm sure. And so, and and then even thinking about like, 
our minds have become so weak. Yeah. Like we've done it so many times. We've built so many great things that have been like unthinkably destroyed. Like setting things on fire, the own, like the actual mayors and fire departments in Kahoot, we're going to burn this shit down. And since, yeah, don't come. Don't stop the fire because we're burning it. We're burning it all down. And it's like, in cahoots, the entire country in, in cahoots to destroy things. Yes, yeah, to kill our, our, our leaders. All types of crazy stuff. And but why? You, but look what, you know why. <laughs> you know why. Because you, you mentioned it earlier. It's to keep the system as it is. And my whole thing is, right, I'm tired of being the expense of whatever y'all going through. I'm tired of it because the way that I see it, remember when you were just like, oh, you know, well, black people should just start having their own communities and stuff like we should. And I just got so scared. Each time you would have that conversation, it just would scare me because I'm just like, oh my God, like, yeah, throw all the smart black people into the same place so that they could just bomb us. That's what I was hearing. That's what I want. I want the same thing as you, but I also know the history of this country. And it's like, what can we do to get out of this? We can start small and individually because, you know, Michael Jackson did say, you know, start with the man in the mirror. I'm asking. <laughs> I think we're a little bit past that. And I think, and I've been saying this for a while without, um, I'm not trying to do, you know, I'm not trying to turn into those people from January 6th who should definitely be in jail. Everything last morning. The Vikings? Um, right. <laughs> Um, They're not Jill, they won't be. Bahala. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, and I say this a lot, there is no way forward for this country. And when we realize that is when it will change. And I don't know if that's for better or for the worse, but there's no way for America to continue to exist because the way that it was built does not currently does not support the people that currently yeah, exist it's not here. Conducive. You cannot like it's not a mixing pot. It's not oil, water, metals, all of that shit do not mix. Blood. They don't. Blood, sweat, Blood. tears. tears potions all of that shit do not mix no matter what temperature you put it at when it melts you're gonna see all the different pieces or when it when it cools and my thing is at some point we're gonna wake up how how close do you think we are to waking up because i still feel i think george floyd catapulted and unfortunately was the catalyst to some many, many eyes actually across the world being opened to what's still going on here, what's still taking place, right? That truly a lot of change that people seem to think has happened has not. But I don't think that it has truly woken people up to the realities of what things are and will continue to be because people don't listen. I think we're coming out of the pandemic. I'm not for sure if 
what will do it will be, you know, an economic depression or a world war, um, which I feel like are very impending at the current time, the current time space. Um, when was our last? We don't really have civil wars anymore. Um, but I feel like a world war would be the only, nothing really civil is going to change America. You think when we start getting attacked? I feel like when, right, when it come when it boils down to, you have no choice but to choose a side. Either we stand together and we realize, and we are together, or we realize that we aren't really together. Because, and that, that's what it's gotten me about, like, you know, black people in the military and economic opportunity, great. But as a career, to put your life on the line, <laughs> um, yeah. and that baffles me. Mm-hmm. But that's that neither here, that's neither here nor there. Do what you want, <laughs> do what you got to do. Um, it just, I don't think, I don't know what will, will make it happen. I don't think George Floyd, people can be, you know, protesting the street, they can do all that, but like, that's not gonna. That's not going to. It didn't change anything, but it right. did open. It opened eyes. eyes, and that's what I said. It opened eyes, but it didn't. It hasn't gotten us to where we need to be to get out of where we are. And um, I don't know. Whiteness seems to have it all figured out, and I'm being sarcastic when I say this. <laughs> you know, they seem to have it all figured out, and. And they seem to think that their genius is just top notch. Did you watch that clip I sent I, you? I had watched that clip, um, not realizing that you had sent it to me because your stuff was just piling up, right? Among <laughs> the many that I sent you. I ended up and then you sent it back, back to the me. same clip and I mm-hmm. sent you an addition to that that guy and I thought that he was off his rockers nuts. That's whiteness. And he doesn't think he's off his rockers or nuts. But but that's the thing is is he is off of his rockers and he is nuts because <laughs> the fact that he he thought that it was you know white people's genius that you know brought slavery in and like all this other stuff and it's their genius and and this that and the third and I'm like you're you're not a genius. It's almost like remember when um, Nicki Minaj would always say and I love Nicki Minaj to death but she would always say she's the queen she's the queen she's the queen she's the queen. And then you have Beyonce, who actually is the queen, who does not say that she's the queen, right? And then you have the actual queen, who just passed away, who's the queen, who isn't walking around trying to convince people of status, right? Um, I feel like whiteness is the, I'm the queen, 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 right? If you truly are the queen, you wouldn't have to do all that you have to do to stay the queen. So, which one is it? Because if you were truly the queen, you should be able to operate and function and still be at the top. But that's not what's happening. What's happening is you're manipulating the system to maintain on top because you think, I think it's fear. I genuinely think that it's fear, right? That you're afraid that if anyone gets close to you on that level of power, that we will do to you what you've done to us. But we're not you. None of us will ever be that type of whiteness that is evil that is lacking love that is selfish 
that's not us. That's not who we are as a people. When I watch Black Panther, that's what resonated with me the most, is remember who you are. That is what resonates. We are love. Despite how you may feel about Black people or whatever and how passionate we are, that's why our passion, like when we talk and how we talk and sometimes it seems aggressive, it's coming from a place of love because we really genuinely care so profoundly. We would never have came up with they doing at the scale in which they have done it. And they call it genius to suppress and steal cultural things from people and make it their own. That's not genius. It's a lie. It's thievery. It's not being truthful and authentically you. You are stealing someone's genius and, and putting a stamp on it and saying it's yours. It is not. It is not yours. That is someone else's that you stole because you're a thief and you're a liar. And the truth ain't in you. Sounds very correlative to a certain person in the Bible. And we're not going to even get into that today because we're running out of time. Um. <laughs> Don't set me on a tangent because your girl truth will come with it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Um, do you have any final thoughts? I gave my final thoughts and you said nothing. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, regarding that man and regarding, you know, how, how genius slavery was and how it was not necessary. Um, very interesting. Um, very interesting. I will say that because I don't want to get into how how economically it doesn't make sense to think that you could have done what you've done without slavery, um, but that you didn't need it and that you were so genius that you didn't need it. But you probably could not have come up with on the spot another way that you could have made that happen because we're still doing it. We're still outsourcing work to other countries where we can get it done cheaply, very close to slavery. And with children doing it. And, right. Because you haven't created a model that's so ingenious that doesn't require some <laughs> form of slavery. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> we you should post that to the Twitter. So I'm gonna save the videos to my phone, send them to you, so you can post them, so that viewers that want to to know in depth who we're talking about and what we're talking about, they can you know watch it. Yeah, um, but I think I think that's a good place to to end the episode. We unpacked a lot here. Um, there was a lot of a lot of emotion. Um, a lot of call to action, hopefully. I hope people feel inspired to do something to save that dollar, um, to not spend it on something. Uh, I wish tough. Um, I, I'm going to say how I say it. Y'all could eat me up however I want to, but I call it Telfar, um, which is a Black-owned brand. Um, they do some pretty nice bags. Uh, I wish they were getting more into the clothing space. 
Um, and I feel like there are enough black brands. And I feel like Telfar is currently a reasonable price. It's a luxury brand, but it's still a reasonable price. Um, yeah, that was a tangent. But um, what is our, what is our, what are our ads? How do we shout those out? Is it misrep? Underscore podcast to be. I'm about to look it up right now. I get emails all the time. But I know for a fact that our Instagram is misrepresented podcast. And our Twitter handle is at Miss M I S rep R E P underscore podcast. And you can follow us there. You can message us if you guys have any questions or topics or anything that you wish to discuss if you want to send us a voice memo for us to play on the podcast we want to hear from you guys um because we can see we can see the few you know that are turning into many that are following and consistently listening to us and we appreciate you guys and want to thank you guys so much for being a part of the misrepresented podcast family right thank you so much for listening it's been fun um i'm your host lynn Thank you for listening to Misrepresented, the podcast. See you next week, guys. Happy Wednesday, motherfuckers. <laughs>